Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. This is your host, David M. Baker. This is our Sunday, November 17th, 2013 edition of Beyond the Gate Radio, the Bible, the truth about psychic and spiritual gifts, part two. This is going to be a wonderful show tonight. Our guest is returning. Um, we had Kevin on our first on our show first time on October 13th. And you can look in the archives if you'd like to listen to that show. Tonight we have four guests, which is going to be wonderful. We have Kevin and his wife, Stana. We have Melanie and Precious. So it's Kevin Schopel, Stana Schopel, uh, Melanie Runyon, and Precious Hall. Myself, David Baker, your host, and my wife, the co-host, Sherelle. Hello, Sherelle. Good evening. Good evening, David. Thank you very much. I'm excited for the show. I'd like to thank our guests for being here, all of our listeners, and all of our people in chat. Thank you for being here tonight. Yes, and if you like our show, please press the follow button. You can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash beyondthegateradio. Feel free to do so, and I hope you enjoy your show tonight. I know you will. And... Uh, Kevin's website is www.bibleforpsychics.com. That's bibleforpsychics.com. And Kevin tonight has a special, which he will talk about. You have an opportunity to buy his book, The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, in uh, ebook form from Amazon.com, Kindle. It's going to be a special, and I'll let Kevin speak a little bit more about that. Right now, instead of doing a lot of talking, without further ado, we are now going to bring in Kevin. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be back on this show, and thank you for having me again. My pleasure. And I heard you recently on Colin Knight's show, Parachat. That was a great show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I, I was glad that you enjoyed it. It was a little different set of questioning, and uh, I think it all supplemented what you had a few weeks ago with me. Yeah, that's wonderful. I like his method of doing radio, too. And, you know, he's supportive as well, and I think he just asked some questions he was curious about. You know, he likes to get down to the root of things, you know, just so his guests can understand what's going on. And, and hopefully we'll do the same thing here. 
I definitely hope so. I definitely hope so. I'm interested in a few of the questions and everything that we're going to be talking tonight. I've had a couple of people that talked to me um, before about um, the things that they heard on the show, and they would just like you to um, – they're interested in getting your book as well. So there's going to be a couple of few of my coworkers listening and interested in getting your book, so we'll forward that information on to them as well. So, Kevin – at the very beginning, do you have uh, a special you'd like to tell our guest about, or is this too early? Yes. Yes, what it is is that uh, earlier this month, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, which is a branch of Amazon.com, came out with a new program called Kindle Countdown Deals. What this is is that they are giving the opportunity to us authors to give some very deeply discounted um, uh, p- promotions on the Kindle versions of our product. Um, and so what we've done tonight is that starting at 6 p.m., which is the time of your show, and running until midnight on November the 20th, and I do this because I know that several people have not had the opportunity to do the work or something to be able to listen to the live show but instead listen on podcasts. So the offer is this. If you go to Amazon.com, you can put in uh, either my name, Kevin Schopel, or you can put in uh, Bible and Psychics, and it will take you to my book, and you will find that the special is that the uh, Kindle edition of the Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, will be available for 99 cents. You can order it and have it directly sent to your Kindle or any mobile device, you can even have it sent to a desktop computer and can have the app for reading Kindle books, but you can begin to read the book as soon as you order it. This eliminates the problems that we had with shipping and handling and the fact that during our last broadcast we were still in a government shutdown and there was a lot of uncertainty as to whether people should buy a book when our economy was very iffy. This should eliminate that problem and give people everywhere a chance to look at the book that we're going to be discussing tonight. Well, that certainly is a, a very good marketing decision, very wise, and it's also very kind of you to, to do that, to give people an opportunity that may not have as much as other people to have a better shot at getting your book and looking at it, especially those who not only are curious about it, want to learn something new, but maybe perhaps it would greatly help them when they read the book. And, you know, since the last show that you were on with us, I've, I haven't checked your figures for a while, but I know, you know, over thousand some odd people have listened to the show already. And to me, that's uh, a very successful show. Instead of 25 or 50 people, when you get numbers that high, that's got to tell you something right there. So, Kevin, last time you were on our show, you told us that as you were writing your book, The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, that your wife, Stana, told you that you had no idea how many people it would help. Now that your book has been on the market for six months, can you tell us some of the uh, reactions people have had towards your book? Well, the best way I can explain this, I've got a, a brief note from a 
medium in um, Springfield, Ontario, Canada. Her name is Estella Molina, and she's not able to join us live as Precious and Melanie are tonight. But she said that, uh, she said, I would like to thank you for having me part of your show, along with Kevin and Melanie, who are dear, dear, kind, wonderful friends. I met along my new spiritual journey when I decided to come out of the spiritual closet with the help of so many other people. She said, I had so many questions and wanted answers that I didn't know who or where to turn to. So a friend of mine mentioned the book that Kevin had written. When I read the title of Kevin's book, I was so excited that someone was brave enough to write such a book on this taboo subject that I had to order it. I couldn't wait to read it. As I read through the book at the same time, I was cheering on for Kevin for writing it, as it was familiar to relate to and very interesting on his view of the scriptures as I questioned through my youth. This being taboo in our house when I was younger, we were not allowed to be open to talk about it on this subject as growing up Catholic. As a born medium, along with other of my family members, we were not allowed to speak of this as it was something to be ashamed of. It was the work of the devil evil and not a gift from God, and I lost my faith in God because of religious beliefs until I read Kevin's book, which restored my faith and my belief. God is about love and acceptance, not fear and punishment. I was so happy to know that I was not alone and I had nothing to be ashamed of, and it opened my eyes and my heart. We all have a gift from God. We just have to learn to love, listen, and accept After so many years of ignoring and shutting the door on my gifts and experiencing angels singing, seeing angels, spirits, animals who'd crossed over, knowing things before they're said or to happen, I finally walked through the door and accepted it with love and happiness and everything else flowed with ease. Once I read the book, I recommended it to many people that I've met along the way to help them just as Kevin's book has helped me. During the time I was finishing reading the book, I had the honor of talking to Melanie through my father, who's in spirit. He came to her when she was online, and she's inspired and mentored me in so many ways and things that I thought I couldn't do due to fear. I continue to learn as much as I can, and I've decided to take a journey to Lilydale, New York, to take some classes and workshops called Spiritual Insight Training 1 and 2 at the Fellowship of the Spirit Church to go more in-depth with my abilities and offer my healing services to those who seek it. I remember mentioning the book to Reverend Elaine Thomas, who was also my mentor and instructor in Lilydale, and the look on her face was full of excitement. She said with a smile, it's about time somebody wrote a book on this subject. With God's love and faith back in my life and Spirit's way of showing me in many countless different ways and my true purpose in life, I am now able to help others who seek my help in connecting with their loved ones and helping them heal. Kevin's not only a gifted spiritual teacher, but he is also a healer to many of us like he has helped me through God. Many thanks to Kevin. In his knowledge and research, God bless Estella Molina, Springfield, Ontario, Canada. Wow. Truly amazing. You you create something, you publish it, and you wonder, hmm. And then suddenly you step outside and look back at it, and the people that have read it and all the stuff comes to you. It makes you realize that, you know what? I felt guided to do this. I was driven to do it. I did it, and uh, I trust it from the higher source, and look look what's happening with it. Yes. 
And this, you know, when my wife first said that you have no idea how many people this book will help a little more than a year ago, you know, you still have this mindset that says, yes, I believe my wife, but at the same time, I'm waiting to see the fulfillment. And, you know, Estella's letter is a representative sample of what I've gotten from others. Um, you'll be able to hear Melanie and Precious tonight talk about the effect the before and after of their lives as well. I think this is the beginning of the journey uh, that as it gets out there, wide, be widely accepted, more people will be reading it and perhaps contacting you to speak about it. Now, uh, I know we have Melanie here tonight, and I'd like to ask Melanie a question. Hello, Melanie, how are you? Hi, David, how are you, my dear? Wonderful. I won't accept awesome. anything less. That's the path that I want to be in, so I stay there. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you a question. Kevin has told me that you have played a key role in his writing of the book. Can you uh, share with us, uh, well, can you share with us which one of you came up with the idea of writing a book and how this idea occurred? Um... In ta- I was trying to find someone to help me channel in my daughter that had died a year ago. Even though I could channel, I wanted to do it when I wanted to do it. I am female. Tanya Thomas in Ontario, Canada, connected me with Kevin. When I found out he was a biblical teacher, I just about threw my head on the computer. I thought, oh, no, here we go again. I'm going to hell. And instead, he said, what? No, you're a medium. And this started a process. Within two weeks, I told him, Kevin, you're writing a book. And he was like, what? I'm not writing a book. I can't write a book. Well, I gave him a little story of something that happened to me in my life, just little bits and pieces, and I said, now write something about it. Write a book about it, which it was just a few pages. And he did, and it was beautiful. It was about a girlfriend of mine in California I had met. Not California, Colorado. And I said, Kevin, we need, not we, you need to write a book about, because he knows biblical, the Bible and how the Bible supports mediums. Unbeknownst to me, within days, his wife had said the same thing. And it has gone on the process of she will come up with an idea and within a day or so, hour or so or whatever, I will come up with the same thing. Her and I are connected also in that way. She is so gifted, it's beyond it. So then we thought, well, I thought maybe, well, let's write a book about me. Then we thought a book about uh, a book, biblically backing mediums with maybe a workbook. And we threw it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then that we might do eventually. But he would write a chapter and we would go over it. 
Now, David, I am a what I call a country girl. I'm not. Um, I'm not college educated. I can make jelly out of uh, prickly pear. I'm just a country girl, and I. We figured if I could understand what he was saying, then maybe people at my level could also get it. So. I, I wouldn't proofread, believe me, I can't proofread things. But if it was something where I'd go, ooh, that's a little heavy, then he, Stan, and I would work on it. And this man is so gifted. I cannot believe that for the first time at 57 years old, yes, ladies and gentlemen, 57 years old, God said, you know what? You're not going to hell. I brought you here for a purpose. I laid all this out for you, for the people of the world. And it needed Kevin to do it. It needed me to do it. It needed Stana to do it. It needed the three of us to do it. To put it all <laughs> together. Well, it was certainly done. And, it was you know, done. The reason you all met for a reason. A and reason. even though Kevin and Stan met years ago, uh, that was a reason, a strong reason. <laughs> the reason you yes, met now exactly. for all different and similar reasons. There's no exactly. such thing as coincidences. Yes, and, and you know, wonderful. husbands and wives, they, they are tuned into each other. You know, one yes, will think something than the other. But I'm the outsider. You know, as far as that goes, but for Stan and I to come up with stuff almost identical within days and minutes of each other, it's amazing itself. Because I have talked to Kevin on the phone more times than I have Stana, and her and I are just, oh, you're kidding. Same thought here. Amazing woman. And the different talents. We've got uh, Kevin, who is the writer. We've got quote-unquote, me, the medium. We've got all the gifts that Stan has got that I don't have and I'm learning about. And and, and, and it's just the three of us that that just can just could do it. Just could well, do it. Well, you did well. That is good. A, a wonderful collaboration. And the reason I am interested in it as well, I know of a couple of other mediums one of them famous, Echo Bodine, another one myself, had mentioned briefly after doing some research, you know, uh, I only just put a small portion from Corinthians in, in my book about telling people, yeah, it says in the Bible, the Holy Bible, that, you know, we're not going mm-hmm. any place bad, that we are supported by these spiritual gifts. But, no, I don't have the knowledge Kevin has. I didn't have the time, and I wouldn't know how to go about going through the whole Bible to prove it. So just the fact that I had it in there, I knew that what people were saying were wrong, but that was it, you know, for your respect. Now Kevin comes out with an entire book and all this research and everything. I and found it so amazing. Hours. And I'm sorry, didn't mean After to I read the book, that's all right. But, yes, like you said, a long time. After I read the book, I said, you know what, uh, I can't put a book in my book, and I'm 
not qualified to even do so. That's why I'm glad Kevin did. I haven't seen anybody else. Like I said, a couple of us mentioned it, but nobody actually really did research and proved it like Kevin has. So, yeah. Kevin, uh, Kevin, uh, you shared with us last time some of the reasons, as you saw, why uh, is it that many Christians have come to believe that psychics and mediums are dealing with demonic powers. I understand since that broadcast, you have added to that. Can you share those reasons with us again? Would that be okay? That would be fine. Now, do you want me to kind of briefly touch on the original six that I said in the October 13 broadcast before I lead into the others? Yes, I want everybody to hear it so those who may have missed the first show can catch up a little bit. Okay. Well, the first one... Um, came from John 9:16 in the Bible. This is where Jesus has healed a man who was born blind, and the Pharisees say, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. The reason that they said this, not that Jesus actually didn't keep the Sabbath, he was a perfect person, but what he did not keep was the tradition of the elders of the Jewish people, and that would translate to any church tradition now. The second reason I gave in that show was that they did not that they, if a person does not redirect the credit immediately to the Lord, they assume the gift is not of God. Uh, this goes back to Acts chapter three, where Peter and John heal a lame man at the temple gate, and that lame man uh, immediately is jumping up and leaping, and the people are staring at them as if it was by their own power. Well, they give credit to the Lord immediately there. However, what's happened? is that churches have turned that around and said, okay, a person who is truly gifted by the Holy Spirit will always redirect credit. The fact is that does not always hold true. And in fact, I scanned the book of Acts just to make sure, and only in Acts 3 and Acts 14 are there two instances where there was a healing that the credit was immediately directed back to the Lord. In all other cases, there's no documented evidence of having done that. And as I was looking through that again today, Acts chapter 12, Herod gave a speech in which he did not give credit to the Lord, and the angel struck him down and killed him. Well, that doesn't happen every time either. So it's kind of a conversity there. The third reason I had in that original broadcast was that Back in Mark chapter 9, disciples were telling Jesus, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. That translates in our churches of today that says, okay, if uh, you are using the gifts of the Spirit, but you're not belonging to a Christian group, it must not be of God because you're not one of us. The fourth reason I gave in that was that in 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10, um, the scripture says that love never fails, but if there's gifts of prophecy, they'll be done away with. If there's tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, which is what we call psychic ability, it will be done away with. We prophesy in part, and we know in part, when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. The fallacy in that is that if what most people believe, that the perfect which came was the canonization of scripture, then you have a problem there. It's a problem in logical thinking. And I outlined this on the show eight days ago with Colin Knight, is that if you if that were true, then you suddenly have a Bible that's imperfect because you have obsolete scriptures throughout it. But it is true that the Bible is still valid, it's still pure, 
So that which is perfect has to refer to something other than the canonized Bible and something beyond the time of our heaven and earth. The fourth, the fifth reason I gave in that original show was that they believe that our loved ones who are past are in heaven or in hell and they can't be on earth to communicate with the medium. Um, I will first say this is a, a gross misunderstanding of scriptures. Um, I cover this entirely and debunk it in the fifth chapter of the book I wrote. But just to give you a brief understanding, there are three parables of Jesus, and you can read which ones they are in the book, that all support the idea that no one is separate in death until the judgment. Um, and only after that time does it say that Hades, the place of the dead in Greek, gives up its dead, and the sea gives up the dead which were in it, but it does not say that heaven gave up its dead. reason being is that no one is there yet, except God, the angels, so forth. Um, the sixth one um, that I gave in that show was that those who are seminary educated or who are church officials know better this assumption goes all the way back to Jesus' time when the Pharisees and chief priests told the temple guards that they'd sent to arrest Jesus. You've not been led astray also, have you? No one of the Pharisees has believed in him, has he? But this crowd who does not know the scriptures is accursed. They are saying that because we are more highly educated, we know better, and what we say must be the truth for that reason alone. Now, what is, now we're up to the point where I've added three more to this, and this comes from a message that was sent by a pastor the day after I was on your original show, October the 14th, okay. in which he said, I've had questions from people at my church asking about this book, and he said, I'd like to know what what to tell them. So in from that list of questions, um, I gleaned three more. And here's one, there's a... A spiritual gift must build up the church. Now, the funny thing about this one is it's actually a true statement. Uh, I've said this in the book in the seventh chapter, you, that one purpose of a spiritual gift is building up the church. The problem where it gets twisted is when men make the determination of how or when the spiritual gift is supposed to accomplish that task. If they can't see where it builds up the church on first evidence, then they assume that the spiritual ability is not of God. But the scripture tells us in Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. Your I ways. Pardon me? Go, I, I was just uh, chiming in with you. That is absolutely right. Continue on. Okay. Well, I gave the example, Sherelle, in the seventh chapter of the book. I said, you know, the girlfriend I had, my first girlfriend who was precognitive, predicted football games from high school. I said, well, that doesn't appear to build up the church dead. Well, does it? But you have to think in the terms of a eternal God who knows all things, all things infinite, and to realize that 38 years after this teenager's predicting football games, the person who was awestruck by her ability has written a book that is guided by the Lord to bring comfort, encouragement, the way you read it from Estella's letter, into being. Who could have said that in 1975, just looking at this girl predicting football games? The eighth one that I have here, um, this actually kind of goes back to the use of the 1828 dictionary we mentioned in the original show. A person says, 
An ability from birth can't be a spiritual gift. It never happened that way in the Bible. These abilities are natural talents only. Um, I had another group person that asked, well, what's the difference between a talent and an ability? And I said, well, I don't believe the Lord ever made that distinction. Well, in the 1828 Webster's, and I mentioned this in the original show, that this is the dictionary with the closest definitions to the ones chosen or to the ones that the translators of the King James Version chose their words from. Does that make sense? Um, But in that dictionary, the third definition of the word talent was a faculty, natural gift, or endowment said to be borrowed from the scriptural parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. But I went over to the definition for gift, and the sixth definition of it is a power, faculty, some quality, or endowment conferred by the author of our nature. So those two are virtually synonymous. But to add to that, in Psalm 139.13, you know, the psalmist is saying to the Lord, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days allotted to me were in your book before one of them came to be. Not one part of this is directed to a demon, to Satan. It's all attributable to the Lord. So if the Lord chose to form us with mediumship abilities, psychic abilities, or any other spiritual gift of his choosing, um, that is the Lord's business to decide to do it at birth or to decide to confer it at a later time. And now the very last one. Um, This came from the fact that this pastor went to my website, BibleForPsychics.com, and took one look and said, why do you have so many offers for readings and channelings on your website? It doesn't seem that these readings and channelings are advertised as being for building up the church, are they? (laughs) So I replied back. I said, I was asked by the person who put up the website about this advertising. The website would be at no cost to me if I would allow them to advertise. After giving us thought, I agreed to the advertising. I said, first of all, the book is directed to the person who is a psychic or a medium and has their abilities from the Lord. I admit I haven't done a lot with this website, but I did want a place where a person could read the foreword and the introduction and the first chapter of the book without the need to buy the book yet. At that time, I only had the print version, which was not as inclusive in its click-to-look-inside feature on Amazon. So this website gave me a place to do just that. The purpose for the book has been for these psychics and mediums to realize that the Lord loves them just as they are and are gifted that way for a purpose. God does not hate them. He wants no disobedience to his word, but wants them to turn to him or to turn back to him if they were convinced at one time that he did hate them, Melanie, who you read about, was the first such person who turned back to the Lord in my personal experience. Others have followed, and this is building up the church. End of answer. That's very good. You, uh, nothing got past you, and you validated everything you said through your research. And that, that oh, makes uh, I give credit to the Lord for that, David. Right, well, but you wrote it out yourself and did the research, so there's another collaboration right there. You were guided, and your website is 
www.bibleforpsychics.com. That's bibleforpsychics.com. And, Kevin, if you don't mind, may I ask uh, Melanie a question? Yes. Okay. Melanie? Yes. Can you share with us how you discovered you were a medium and how you dealt with that when you shared your gift with others? And how does your husband feel about being married to a medium? I scare the big Jesus out of him. <laughs> if you want to know the truth, when I go to read, he goes to the other part of the house or wherever. Um, he 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 knows it because he's had so many people come back to him and go, "Oh my God, how how do you live with someone that does that?" And he says, "I I you know." I tune it out because it it does it scares him. It started. My grandparents took me on when I was two years old. My grandmother was a medium, and my great grandmother. It just went down, boom, 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 down the line. But at at the age of four, um, her and I were sleeping in uh, a bed, and I rolled over, and I saw a man standing there. And when he saw me, I was smiling, and he realized that I could see him. And he just, I, I, I don't want to say glowed, but, I mean, you could just see this <gasps> excitement that he realized. And I woke up my grandmother, and I said, Grandma, who's that man standing by the bed? And she said, roll over, go to sleep. And I said, but there's a man standing by the bed. Well, she was asleep, roll over, go to sleep. So I rolled over and went to sleep. Next morning, we're at the, at the breakfast table, and I brought it up. And my grandfather said, well, what did he look like? I described him. And he goes and gets this old picture, and he takes his shirt, and he dusts it off. And he says, is this who you're talking about? And I said, yeah, Grandpa, that's him. And and they both looked at each other. It was her father who had died in that room. It was his room in that bed before I was born. And she, at that point, decided that, okay, she's got it too. I'm going to let her develop it instead of, you know, because her and Day, they put you in the nut house or you don't talk about it or whatever. She said, we're going to let it develop naturally. She didn't take me to spiritual churches or anything like that. But when something came up and I'd say, you know, Grandma, I feel, I see, I hear, I know, she would find books, she'd find people to talk to, she would try and find the answer for me. She never, uh, quote-unquote, encouraged it. Um, we were to tell nobody, you know, aunts, uncles, nobody. Um, and she she told me, she said, you will help people with this. She said, I don't know when. She said, but you will help, and we're going to let it develop naturally, not force it. Well, here I am. And she died at the age of 19, when I was 19. That's an so amazing that's, story. Uh, yeah, that's, that's when it started. 
you know, four years old. And also at that time, I didn't know that uh, other people didn't see Uncle Joe sitting at the uh, end of the table eating turkey. I didn't know. I mean, I figured if I saw it, they saw it. No difference. If I saw a dog walking next to me that was uh, my friend's dog that had been dead for two years, I didn't know they didn't see it. And I did learn, keep your mouth shut. I did learn that. But it does frighten my husband. It does. Yes, um, I know. But he listens. A lot of people like that. Yeah, well, when good. I tell him, you need to switch lanes and you need to switch lanes now, he switches lanes. I mean, he just, well, that's you know, that's, you, tell. you know, no <laughs> question about that. He just does it. So, that's, well, that's, that's good. story and I'm sticking to it. it. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, during those times, uh, you know, you couldn't really speak about publicly. The media would always make fun of people that claim they could do it back then. And the only place you could safely do it would be, you know, with friends or neighbors that kind of believed in, in it perhaps or right. uh, at the uh, Lilydale camp or, you know, other venues, spiritual churches where people right. got together right. like that. But it was always kept hush-hush quiet, mm-hmm. you know. So we've been through a lot yeah. of tough times. And times are changing for the better now, you know, not only for psychics and mediums, but for Christians because of Kevin's book. And I'd like to ask Kevin something now, if I may. Go ahead. Kevin. All right. Uh, Melanie has described in her forward to your book her story of how you and her got acquainted. But could you tell us in your own words how you can be friends with uh, Melanie now, I believe that was mentioned a little bit earlier, but could you clarify that a little bit from your end? Well, certainly. Uh, back in those days, uh, this was the last day of August 2010, when I uh, saw that I had a friend request from someone named Melanie Runyon. And in those days, you could put in a friend request a short note, and she said that uh, she was being sent to me because Tanya Thomas had said that uh, that she needed a, a channeling teacher. And I thought, I don't teach channeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took the number down that she had. She put that in her message as well. And while I was uh, waiting for Stan and Ryan to meet me for dinner, uh, I thought, well, I'll just dial this number and talk to her. And I found out what she was needing. And I said, uh, Melanie, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm a Bible teacher. I'm not a channeling teacher. Um and she was telling me a little bit about um, her experience at a hospice uh, where there was a metaphysical pastor named Reverend Barb and a vision that she had seen of the Reverend Barb's son. And she says, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, uh, you're, you're medium. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. And she said, there's not. And I said, don't you recall that the Bible said in Joel 2.28, you know, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams upon your sons and your daughters. I emphasize that to her. Will I pour out my spirit, even on my manservants and my maidservants? And it was kind of like, wow, this Bible teacher knows 
that there's nothing wrong with my gift of spirits, that it that the Lord foretold it? They said, like, tell me more about this. So we had quite a discussion, which I relate to her, that, you know, these are God-given gifts, that my wife is a psychic. She's saved. She knows the Lord Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Uh, so was my first girlfriend, and, I, and she was, like, mind-blown that there was somebody who taught the Bible that knew that there was nothing wrong with these gifts, that Christianity and being psychically or mediumship gifted was totally compatible. And yeah. Yeah. we became became close friends. Uh, we first communicated a lot over Facebook and phone calls. Um, we finally met about two months later. It was October the 17th that she was in Tucson. And we just briefly met at, at Lucky Wishbone. And even her husband commented, she said, you two hug like you were old friends, like you hadn't seen each other in years. And I didn't think, I thought, we did? <laughs> I could not, I'm sorry to interrupt, I could not believe that a Christian biblical teacher was telling me for the first time, you're not going to hell because you're a medium. And I fought with the word medium right and left. There's got to be a different name. Got to be a fought and fought and fought. But Kevin slowly took me to, okay, Remember I told you this two weeks ago. Now let's go through it again. He would take me nice and slow. And here I am. And, I, and I've always been Christian. I was raised Episcopalian. I'm sorry I interrupted. Bad habit. No. no. You're welcome to chime in any time. And I also want to let the listeners know that we will be talking to Stana in a little bit and also Precious Hall as well. But, Melanie, since you're uh, talking about this, and it was wonderful how he, uh, you know, guided you uh, slowly and safely and with great knowledge and proof there. Now let me ask you, how has the book enabled you to answer those persons who would say to you that you are doing evil by being a medium? I whip out the book, honey. I got one by my bed, in the bathroom, by the computer, by the front door. I um, I'm I'm slowly learning some of the scriptures, um, and it has given me more. And I'm not going to say power, but it's given me more confidence in doing readings. Um, when something pops in my head, instead of saying nothing. I'll just say it. A real quick, I have a real quick story. When I was 16, I did a little reading for a girlfriend of mine. And I did the whole reading. She cries, 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 gets done. Isn't there anything that you saw, heard, anything? And I kept saying, no, no, nothing, nothing important. And she said, no, there was something. And I said, well, I kept seeing a stupid red umbrella. Well, lo and behold, she wanted to hear from her grandmother. Grandma carried a red umbrella. Amazing. So it, 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 you know, but, and now I've even gotten stronger with that because I know now, you know, God is backing me. Can I be wrong? Yes, I can be wrong. But, you know, who I don't want to be ninety nine percent right, but 
I, I, I like I've said, I am what I am. I am a common uh, medium. Um, you know, I, I am like a lot of people out there that are are uh, are gifted and don't know what to do with it because they've been told all their life that they're going to hell, that God doesn't support it. And there's Kevin, and there's Stana. Amazing. Great. That's gr- very interesting. Very good. you got a great gift. I just know that we talked uh, last week and uh-huh. gave me an amazing reading. And um, there's something special about the day that I guess I didn't know about. Kevin brought to my attention. Kevin, that day that we spoke as a group on the telephone, and uh, later you realized there's something significant about that day, plus also myself giving you a reading as well. So how could that day be a coincidence, or does it have some meaning for you? Could you touch on that? Well, yes. What had happened was that the very first item in the reading that you gave me was that there was a man standing there holding a cake. And you said, is this an anniversary of something? Is this uh, the closest birthday or something? And at that time in the reading, I said, well, the closest birthday right now would have been my father's birthday, um, which was November 1st. I said he would have been 90. But then... After the reading was over, you know, and keep in mind this was Friday, November the 8th, um, I kept thinking about the fact of an anniversary, and then it brought, I came back to my mind, you know, from so many edits of the book, that in the fourth chapter of the book, I had written these words. You know, I said, because of the embarrassment that her prediction had, had caused, I vowed to myself on that day, November 8, 1975, that I would never ask for a prediction again. That's right. And I thought, uh, of the weirdest things to have an anniversary is that I had my very first reading by David on the 38th anniversary of the day I said I would never ask for a reading, or I should say a prediction then. Yep. Well, that's, that's significant. Amazing. Yes. It is. It is totally amazing. Well, Kevin, I have. Uh, I'd like to know what you think makes most Christians want to avoid relationships with mediums and psychics. I mean, is this a basic fear of their abilities, or is it something else? Well, to start off with, the modern translations of the Bible, and we got into this in the last show, which people can play the podcast of for more detail. We'll read it in the first chapter of the book online. But Leviticus 19.31 in the New International Version says, Do not turn to mediums or spiritists, or you will be defiled by them. Well, first of all, it, it's chosen a modern word which includes what you do and Melanie does, along with people who are doing the actual forbidden task of calling upon spirits. Um, and it's saying if you t- turn to either of them, you're going to be defiled or you're going to be corrupted by God just for being with them. Uh, that is not what the scripture is saying. Um, and I think that's a lot of it behind it. The other fact is that I've discovered this with a couple of, of Christians who've come to my Facebook group, um, you know, wanting to believe what I'm telling them in the Bible is true, 
but yet there's an apprehension that somehow they've had it so ingrained for so many years that this is evil, this is satanic, and it's been told to them by church leaders, pastors, radio broadcasts, the Internet on Christian websites, that they somehow keep feeling, okay, Satan must be behind Kevin, and that he's really sugarcoating this and making it seem like it's all, you know, backed by the Bible, until I'm ensnared somehow, and it's too late, and I'm on my way down to hell. Um... But this is why I encourage anybody, you know, if you hear this stuff, check it out with your Bible. You can even take your Kindle to your pastor after you paid 99 cents for it online and say, okay, here's what I'm reading. Can you refute this? You know, get out a real Bible, and you'll find that these statements are true. I, I did this many, many times while I was in the midst of writing it, knowing I was going up against a taboo that had gone back supposedly two millennia to the time of Jesus. Major. So my interpretation when I read it uh, was searching the Bible was that what was meant by conjuring up spirits would be forbidden would be, you know, like somebody practicing Satanism, white or black magic of some type, and uh, just trying to do spells to conjure up spirits and entities of that type. That's what I, I took that they meant. Does that make sense, or am I wrong? No, you're, you're not wrong, but I, let me say it this way for people who are not that well-educated on the Bible, okay? If you can do it as a practice, in other words, you can start it or stop it. In other words, like you could, if you want to cast a spell in witchcraft, you can make that decision, you can do it, you can also make a decision to not do it. If it's a practice, it is generally forbidden by God. But what you and Melanie have done, as I understand it, spirits come to you. It may be the, the fact that it is a past relative because they know who you're going to be speaking to, such as my dad knew that you were going to speak to me back on Friday the 8th. Um, and that happens that way, but you didn't call upon my dad. It could have been anybody else. It could have been a friend. It could have been a different relative, but that's who came along to give you a message to give to me. It is not calling upon because you had no choice in the matter. I totally agree. I wasn't, I was thinking of, you know, giving you something I see in the, the psychic path that I was picking up on when suddenly they started showing up and were getting my attention, so I, I didn't ask for anybody that just showed up. That's usually the way it happens, and uh, yeah, you're totally correct about that. So that leads me to the next question. Kevin, we have heard how this book has helped uh, psychics know where they stand before God and to assure them that their gift is from the Lord. But why should Christians need to deal with the issue of contact with spirits, I mean, why shouldn't they just avoid spirit contact and play safe? Well, there's, again, a few reasons there. If if you are a medium, and even if you're not, uh, John 4.24 in the Bible says God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 1 Timothy 4.1 begins with saying the Spirit expressly says that in the last days people will uh, avoid doctrine and, and give heed to things taught by deceiving spirits. 
Well, you begin that by saying the Spirit says. It doesn't say the Apostle Paul says or anything. In other words, there were people in the early church times dealing with spirits. Um, Jesus himself proclaimed the gospel to spirits in prison, 1 Peter 3.18. And, of course, I realize I'm kind of redirecting at mediums only as I'm saying this. But let's talk about with a person with another spiritual gift, such as myself. We cannot just avoid our gifts, because 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You know, re- restating that, God's given you a gift, it is saying you need to use it to serve. This is why we have the verse in the books for Second Timothy 1.6, stir up the gift of God within you. For Timothy 4.14, do not neglect your gift. Parable of the talents, um, which I stated in the earlier definition of talent, is a spiritual gift uh, lesson. The person who had the one talent, uh, I should back up and say that the talent in the days of Jesus was money. Um, It has been redefined as a gift by the means of this parable. But that person took that talent of money, hid it, and for that, that called you're a wicked and lazy servant. Didn't you? Couldn't you at least put my money on deposit with a banker so it would have learned interest? And so from that parable became one of my reasons to continue with my writing of the book and to do what I'm doing now, just saying, if you have a gift, please don't hide it. I'm going to give you the tools to refute others who say that you should hide your gift or that you should not have your gift because you need to get out there, you need to please the Lord with it, you need to at least let them know that it's in circulation. Even a gift like Stana's of predicting death needs to be gotten out there and used in order for us to be obeying the Lord. And I go into that in my books. You may even touch upon it as you speak to her. Well, that's amazing. And hopefully it comforts a lot of people that have been suppressing their gifts, as we just talked about, once they read your book. And I have a feeling they're going to read it more than once and study it, which is good now. Uh, I guess I want to ask something of Stana, your wife, because she's been with us and I haven't had a chance to chat with her yet. So, Stana, good evening. Welcome to Beyond the Gate. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Great. So, if I may ask, how do your... I understand that you have premonitions and, you know, lots of things going on, so... I want to know how your premonitions, at least for me and the listeners, your premonitions or your sensings come across when they come to you. Well, I think it depends on the situation. Um, you know, like, like uh, if someone is sad, you know, I, you know, and they are, you know, trying not to show it, but I feel like a heavy, um, you know, heaviness, you know, in the body, or I want to cry, you know, as well, or even, you know, to hold or to touch the person, um, you know, and also with, like, uh, death, if I have a premonition of death, um, 
the the look or the feeling it, it's like no other i mean it's it's like if I look into someone's eyes and it's like they look past me or um you know, it's almost like a flush of black or gray you know goes goes through me, and then it's like a fear you know sets into me and you know, then you know, from that, it's almost like a depression because, you know, it's like the bad news, you know, had hit. <laughs> but um, also, I tend to get like a um, a chalky uh, flavor or taste and there's there's no sweet, you know, smell or, or feeling with it. Um, as far as, you know, okay, like a deep contentment, if I feel really content or really sure about something, it's almost like, you know, an overflowing, you know, like feeling of, you know, just knowing, you know, that things, you know, of the situation will will be okay and, you know, there's no fear involved, you know, in it. So I, I think it just depends, you know, on, on which situation it is. Well, so in the psychic world or psychic tools, you have what's called clairsentience or clear sensing, which is an empathic type gift, which people have of different degrees. And, of course, you also have claircognizance, which means that you can see into the future and of course other guests we all have to different degrees some stronger than the others kid do you ever um look at somebody and can you see what part of the body is or do you feel pain or anything like that other than what you just described does it ever go there sometimes um, I have shook a man, uh, a pastor's hands before, and I, I told Kevin after I shook the hand and had talked to the pastor, I said, you know, something is the matter with this pastor's prostate or, or in, you know, in the groin area. I said, but I don't know how to tell him. And it turned out six weeks later, he went in for prostate surgery. Yeah, so it was diagnosed six weeks later. Um, my stepfather, I should say step, uh, Kevin's stepfather, he uh, was in a care home, and Kevin was talking to me on the phone, and I told Kevin, I said, I feel my legs getting real cold. And Kevin said, well, you know, Joseph, you know, his stepfather just said, you know, that his legs, you know, were very cold and needed a blanket. I've also, uh, when when Kevin was working for Coca-Cola uh, many, many years ago, and I was with a friend of mine you know, at the swimming pool you know, at her apartment, and my wrist kept aching and burning, and I could not understand what 
that was, you know, and, and I was soaking my hand in the pool water. I got a phone call about two hours after the pain had started, and it was his supervisor saying that he had been in an accident, but that he still had his hand. He had uh, fallen on a Coke bottle and sliced the artery in the tendons and was at the hospital, you know, an emergency. And so, you know, I had been able to sense things at a distance before, you know, in cases. Can can I interrupt yes. real quick, real quick? Sure. Um, I had, I'm trying to think whether it was a year or two years ago, an extremely dangerous surgery that the odds were not good. I made a phone call to Kevin, to Stana. Stana, am I going to make it through this surgery? You're going to make it through and you're going to be fine. Okay? That's all I need to hear. And I'm still here. <laughs> and and awesome. so she can do it even without, you know, um, you know, seeing in someone's eyes or touching or whatever. And I think that, Stana, you and I had only met a couple times, you know, in person. Right. But there has been many times when I have been really ill and I have called and said, Stana, is it? No, not yet. And that's it. And then I start getting well <laughs> because she is so good at it. Okay, I'll shut no. up now. No, that was <laughs> no, Melanie, that's I'm perfect. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, you don't have to. Uh, I mean, it sure would be helpful if you're sitting there talking to somebody and get the reading, but, you no, know, you can do it from anywhere. Somebody yeah. asked me, well, how do you do your, your readings, you know, to the, uh, I mean, you know, if you're on the phone with me and I'm in Europe, how, you know, how can you do this? And how does this stuff work? And I found that when we connect, my energy connects to them. And then they mention a friend to ask a question about the friend. They asked me, how did I know when I never saw a picture? They didn't tell me the friend's name or anything like that. They could now, my energy is connected to him. Now as his thoughts go, asking the question to the friend, it automatically goes like a, a operator switchboard and connects to that unknown friend. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. so Stana can be, you know, sitting in the easy chair in the living room looking at her magazines, and suddenly she'll be relaxed and something will come to her. She'll feel urgency, or maybe you'll call her and ask her, yes. and she's able to tap into it. That's the beauty of, of the gifts, of there these you gifts go. here. Okay. You know, it's really amazing. Okay. And speaking about Stana continuously, I would like to, uh, Stana, for you to tell uh, the audience about a person who recently asked you how a person would know if they have a psychic gift. Can you share with us how you answered him? Well, he was at the psychic fair, and I was, you know, walking with him, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, I, I have, I feel that I don't have any, thing to offer any gift, you know, how do you know? And I told him that everyone I feel has a gift. You know, it 
it comes, you know, when the person, you know, needs it or, you know, this person, you know, has a purpose or, you know, a meaning, you know, in a life, whether it be, you know, of a child or a loved one or even, you know, a group. And I I told them that it can be, you know, anything, you know, from healing um, or teaching, you know, it could be wisdom or comforting, you know, someone um but you know um it can be you know more there's lots more gifts and many you know of the gifts you know they they come you know when the person you know needs them i mean when i when i was younger i didn't you know really feel or sense things but as i grew older i could you know sense things you know if something was going to happen or, you know, if I had an unknown fear that I didn't understand, you know, things like that. And he, um, at the fair, was talking a lot about his wife who was expecting their first. And they were both afraid, you know, because, you know, it was later, you know, in her age, she was 37. And... He said, I'm so afraid, you know, that the baby's not going to make it. I'm afraid of this. And I told him, I said, I myself conceived when I was 37, and I birthed just a month after I turned 38. And I told him, you know, some of the things that I did, and I, I told him that things will be fine. And it was like, you know, when I told him that, his face just shined. But, yep. you, know, he, yep. you know, he was asking me of these things of how do you know, <laughs> you know, if you have a gift or not. And I just told him, I said, you will know, you know, because, you know, your gift, when it's needed, when that purpose comes, you know, it will be used. You know, it will come out and it will grow. And I said, it may be waiting for this child or, you know, more, you know, in the future. He has uh, still got a lot of questions about God, about Jesus, where his wife had gone to the seminary. And so she was taught not to believe in psychics or mediums or anything like that. But he came because he had so many questions both about God and and about psychics and mediums. And so we let him you know, get one of the books and told him to sit down together and read it. You know, there's many gifts even listed, you know, in the books. That's amazing. That's a great story. And there, there yet another person is being helped, and maybe that will start that person on their journey to discovering your gift and using it for good. That's wonderful. Now, you know, we know you're uh, an empath and you can predict death. Before you ask the next question, no, not a lot of psychic mediums can predict death. It depends because we know some are lousy and some are, are good or Maybe, you know, that's not part of what they do for some reason, so it might be blocked. I don't know. But I, I usually don't feel comfortable about that myself. But uh, 
that's not a strong point with me as is with you. I remember on the show, somebody was asking about her mother and wanted to know when she was going to die, and I told her that, you know, I really don't like to talk about that, but I said, is your mother in a hospice right now, you know? And she said, yeah. So I gave her the information, and she said, thank you. Uh, all I want to know is how much time I have and so I can go and comfort her to the last, you know, and you've really helped me. So I thought, you know, oh, my God, she's going to die. You know, how could this happen? Is you know, that's <laughs> But, no, it turned out to be pretty good. So besides you being able to do that, uh, how did you discover your psychic abilities, and is there other gifts that you use as well that you haven't mentioned tonight? Um, well, I I just um, discovered, you know, over time, like one, one time I was like 16, 15, 16 years old, and my family and I was coming back from a trip, you know, from Las Vegas, Nevada. We had friends there that we were visiting. And on the way back through Phoenix, we stopped to get gas at the station and stretch our legs and stuff. And when everybody went to get back in the car, I stopped and I just froze there. And my mom and dad asked me, why are you just standing there? And I told them, I said, I feel something's going to happen. I said, I just get this odd feeling. And my dad said, oh, knock it off. You'll get in the car. We weren't even a half a mile down the road, and I hear my mom yell, oh, my God. And I grabbed my sister and, and ducked to the the seat, and a car hit it. And it was like from that time on, anything, you know, that I started feeling odd about, I, I started listening to it, trying to figure it out. And, you know, that's how I guess I grew in mine. Well, that that is, there is a reason it happened that way, I suppose. Something that had to happen that really got your attention, that makes you dwell on it and look into it further. It seems to be the case, either that with some people, other people takes, you know, visions coming true over and over again before they start to trust it. But you immediately trusted it right after that and started to, you know, develop it, discover it more. That's uh, amazing. Well, um, so do you... Go ahead. I had always, um, you know, had curiosities, you know, growing up, you know, about it. My grandmother had told me about my mother being outside playing and there'd be a man, I mean, a, a woman that lived across the street and the woman couldn't walk very well. And she said that this woman would say, you know, I, I wish that Esther would get my mail for me, you know, and... My mom, she said my mom would always uh, almost get up instantly and go to the mailbox, get the mail, and walk up to the woman's door and take it in, you know, to the woman. And my grandmother always told me, you know, how that would, was always so intriguing to her, how Esther knew, you know. And so 
so I kind of figured that I had something somewhere. I was just trying to find it, I guess, and and trying to learn more about it. And when this premonition happened when I was 16, then I really started looking and, and trying to feel and sense things. David, can I mention something again? This is Melanie. Sure. Um, something that I I feel that people don't uh, understand is that different things can can cause uh, psychic abilities, mediumship. Some can be birth. Some can be an accident. Uh, some can be hit by lightning. Uh, our house has been hit by lightning four times. Uh, let's see, a severe trauma, a brain injury, comas, electrical shock, uh, near-death near drowning, um, maybe cancer, maybe getting shocked or even, you know, lighting an electrical stove that will blow you across the room. There's different things that can start this. It just doesn't have to be, um, you know, born at birth. There's different things that can charge it off. So, like, let's say a woman is 30 years old and has never had any abilities, and, you know, she's in a uh, severe car accident, and all of a sudden she has abilities. Different things can set it off. So, I just, I well, think it's important that, you I, know. I've heard of that, too. I really have. Now, I'm wondering then. If perhaps we were meant to do it and born with it, but it wasn't to be awakened until later, but perhaps it could have been blocked or one of these calamities may have happened purposely to awaken these abilities to the person. What do you think? Does that make any sense? Yes, 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 yes. Because we can't quite, we could, we do not have the knowledge, the capacity, or the comprehension to yeah. understand all the things that are, you know, from creation. We can't know mm-hmm. everything. So it just makes sense from what Kevin said and from what you said that perhaps this could be part of the answer. Yeah, part of the answer. All right, very good. That's a very good point. And, um Stan, I was listening to you know Hugh on Colin Knight's show as I mentioned earlier, and Kevin mentioned to Hugh Mack that you are a uh, sensory. Can you briefly tell us sensory? Yeah, you know I'm not good with some syllabic words. <laughs> and uh, does it connect in any way with your psychic gifts, or could you explain that, please? Okay. Um First off, fantasy, um it can be caused uh, by by trauma, you know, to to the head. Um, you know, so, sometimes people are born, you know, with it. Um, I believe that mine could have possibly, you know, been from when I hit my head at age three. Um, I started with epilepsy a couple of weeks after um, I had fallen in the driveway and hit my forehead. And then um, 
I noticed that, you know, certain things, you know, as I was growing up, well, let, let me tell you what Cinesthete really is. First, it's like a, what they call it, modal sens- sensory, where one uh, sense can trigger another sense to respond. Like, um, you know, if you see colors, you might taste flavors. Or if you um, hear sounds, you know, for instance, if I if I hear certain sounds or tones, I might get shapes or or colors in my mind, and I identify and and memorize to where I could um, recognize the same tone again. You know, by seeing the the shape, you know, relation. Um, the mm-hmm. same uh, like with taste might bring pictures. Or memories, you know, of of certain things or certain times. Um, I, I touched on uh, earlier about death. When I see people, you know, that, that I sense, you know, the death, I may I may get a an odd like um, a, a chalky, almost a little bit of fermented chalky taste, you know, in the mouth where usually, you know, if I can look at someone who's healthy, they may have a softness or, you know, a texture that is pleasing, you know, to the eye or even like, you know, a sweetness or a smell or warmth. And again, you know, identifying, you know, with, you know, sensing. So it's... Yeah, you know, okay. it can go you know, e- even deeper than that, but it takes a lot of explaining. <laughs> so some of your gifts associated with some, some of the hits that you get could cause other reactions or could walk over to another gift. Another psychic gift is clairambience, which is a psychic taste, or uh, clairhalience, which some people call clairgustance, which is the ability to pick up smells from the psychic nose that are otherwise undetectable by, <laughs> you know, a physical nose, for example. So that means, uh, it to me, it sounds like one thing may be triggering another to work in unison with you as different tools come together. Uh, does that make sense, perhaps? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, and you're just like uh, your voice has a shape versus your wife, you know, has has a shape or a color. And you know, so, again, you know, if I hear the voice, again, not even knowing who it is, the tones, you know, in your voice or in her voice can be, you know, picked up, again, as to who you are. You know, it's a way that I That's identify you know, a lot of things. Hmm. I like oh. that. I like that a lot. Well, Sam, yeah. we have yeah. something here for me. You know that sure. Cheryl, uh, both of us are going to be asking her uh, in a message, okay, what's my shape? What's my smell? Huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. God love her. God love my Santa. <laughs> well, Cheryl is almost a magenta color. David is red. And the last name Baker is yellow. 
Um, wow. Melanie is kind of a golden brown. <laughs> a princess golden brown. I'm sorry. Uh, pre- precious <laughs> is pink. I would say that, yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, precious precious pink. is pink, maybe a little little bit of powder blue. That just fascinates me. Me too. Very interesting. Huh. And it's kind of like reading they, auras. They do, they, they do have books, you know, on synesthesia, but it's, you know, still, you know, there's a lot of it that is being, um, you know, still studied and uncovered, you know, researched. So there's still, you know, a lot to learn. Maybe I never picked up a book on it. I always thought synesthesia was something they gave you in the hospital before they put you under. But, you know, no, huh. I, I'm just kidding. I'm a joker. Me I'm talking now. about joker. But my uh, uncle, Henry Baker, now deceased, of course, uh, he always used to say, yes, I am a baker with no dough. <laughs> so, you know, a little sense of humor there. Now I want to bring in Precious Hall, if I may. Precious, are you there? There she is. Are you still with us? Welcome. Yes, I am. Good evening. Great. Now, Precious, uh, I hadn't thought of any questions for you, so could you start by maybe telling us a little bit about yourself and in any order and or how you connected with, you know, Kevin, Stana, and Melanie? We'll let you say it as as it comes to you. Okay, well, um, back, I, I don't even remember when, but not too long ago, a couple of mutual friends that we all have through Facebook that are have become really dear friends and mentors of mine um, started uh, commenting about this book. And a friend of ours, Deanna, who's also a medium in Canada, she has shared several um, of his like promo pictures. And just the title intrigued me, and so... I'm not real clear if I contacted Kevin first. I think I asked to join the group, and me and Kevin made contact at some point, and I told him I'd like to to get a copy. And when I found out he was from Tucson, being that uh, the majority of this circle of friends is from Canada, not a, not a, you know not even in our country, <laughs> and then Kevin here is just you know, our kids are going to end up going to the same high school. We're not very far from each other at all. So I thought that was an interesting coincidence. So um, instead of ordering the book, he said, hey, you know, since we're both so close by, why don't we just meet up and I can sign a copy for you? And So I thought that was a good idea. And there was um, a psychic fair at a, at a one of my favorite little metaphysical shops here in town, and um, so I, uh, we agreed to meet there that afternoon to to buy the book, and then he had never been there, so he wanted to check it out. So I met him and his wife, Stana, and um, just immediately it felt like we were like old friends, maybe even family. They just were so warm and kind, and we had a pretty long chat about um, just, you know, kind of a little bit of our backgrounds, and I got the book. And got it home and pretty much couldn't put it down until I finished it. So ever since then, I we've been in contact and I've been a 
big supporter of his just because I really believe in the book and I appreciate what he's done. And um, my story is a little different than um, Melanie. I was uh, raised Jehovah's Witness, so it was um, quite a bit different upbringing religious-wise. Both kind of, you know, gifts and, and abilities were not tolerated whatsoever. And I wasn't as brave when I was a child to talk openly about the things that I would feel, hear, see. So I kind of would hint around at things or show interest in certain things, and immediately I was always shot down and, oh, no, we we don't do that, and, you know, you're evil if you even have any interest. And I was even so far as to scared that I would be jeopardizing my family and our safety if I ever, you know, got involved in anything to have to do with the spirit world. And being that I didn't have any guidance, because we were kind of estranged from our family for joining the organization. I didn't have the support that a lot of my friends had as far as like a family member or somebody that recognized gifts early on. So um, I kind of just had to put it on the back burner and suppress it. And I would, you know, mine came in the form of protection. Um, I had a relationship with a grandmother who would always kind of make me feel that everything was going to be okay. Um, But it was kind of my little secret, you know. I didn't talk openly about it with anybody, not my siblings, my mom, you know, friends. It was just kind of something that I just knew I I just had to keep to myself. So um, I I grew up going to the church, although I I never accepted their belief system. So I would sit through their many time of the week services that we had to go to and just, you know, let my mind wander off into my own little world and doodle and do whatever I could to not let what they were saying into my mind or heart. And it just kind of continued that way. And I eventually developed a resentment towards God because the only God I knew was a God of extreme judgment and... um, fear, and so I I just couldn't understand how, uh, you know, and I'm a kid that didn't know any different. I had never really been exposed to any other religion, although I was baptized Catholic, but as an infant, so I didn't really know anything else religion-wise, but what I did know was that what I was hearing was not right, and I wasn't going to accept it or believe it. I had to go to the services because my mom made me, but, you know, it wasn't going to... I wasn't going to take it to heart because I didn't feel it was right. And I think that was, you know, also my my protection team that kind of kept me from allowing those beliefs because I stayed connected with some people who just didn't understand how they they went on to further get baptized and, you know, become active participants in the organization. And they just, how, how did you know? Like, how come you never got baptized? How come you never would... You know, we all had to learn the hard way and then find out later and then become this fellowship and, you know, all the processes that they have to go through and their, with their rules and stuff. So I just, I always knew and it was just a secret, but because of the, the a lot of confusion and resentment that I had towards the only God that I knew, I just decided to cut it all off and 
after I became an adult, I kind of considered myself, I guess, somewhat of an atheist for a while because I was just so angry and didn't want anything to do with God. And I told Kevin, too, you know, whenever I was going through anything hard and people would come and offer prayer, it would actually make me angry. Like, I... Yeah, I was I was very appreciative for the concern and the kind words and thoughts, but all they had to say were those few little words, you know, that they were praying for me or the God may bless me, and it would anger me. So it was it got pretty extreme there, and it wasn't until a series of events that occurred that led me kind of back to the Lord in 2008. Okay, before you tell. Tell us about that, Precious. I just want to announce that um, the show is streaming now, and it'll stop streaming in a minute and a half from now. Okay. Uh, then after that, the audience, the live audience will no, no longer be able to hear the rest of the show, but I'm going to keep okay. talking because uh, it'll still continue to record. So okay. if anybody's listening to the show and gets cut off, you can go to the podcast and listen to it again, and the part that was cut off, it, you'll hear it because it saves everything I'm recording. So I uh, just want to let uh, give everybody a heads up on that. Okay. And go ahead and continue. So um, so anyway, so after I, I came back to, to God and, and got over those issues, it was as if, I like I said, I pressed pause on the ability button for many years just to kind of not make any waves, but I kind of had my little secret relationship with, you know, spirit. And um, uh, so once I I came back to the Lord, um, well, I guess I really came to him for the first time because I had never fully accepted that whole belief system. But things kind of, like I said, um, were on hold for so long, they just started coming through in high definition almost. Like the TV was on for years, but really low and really bad picture. But then all of a sudden everything was so clear. And I, the things that I always knew, just I knew in my heart that weren't right or whatever was the truth, it was nice to finally get a hold of Kevin's book because even though I didn't doubt it and I didn't feel like I was going to hell or being condemned, I just didn't have any way to kind of defend it other than I just know. So it was nice to have that reference material, especially, you know, when other people want to discuss it and ask questions. I, instead of just saying, I just know, now I have something, that, well, here, Here's that where you can go look for yourself and in your own Bible and see, and this is what it means. And I mean, I have nowhere near the knowledge that he does, and I do not have his ability to just recall scripture like he does. So I just a lot. I've 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 bought books for people. I've given out promo copies, and I've lent my own personal copy to several people now. Because it just has really helped me to help others understand what I've always known. And that's a great gift that he was able to give. It is. It's a great gift. I was just thinking that from our group here tonight, you know, we have different religions like Methodist, Catholic, Baptist, Jehovah's Witness, and just, you know, 
when you get people together to talk like this, usually there's some disagreements about what it says in Scripture or your religion or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. I just saw that, and I was amazed that Kevin's book has brought us all together from different religions and that um, we are all now coming together for a common cause for a change instead of fighting we're coming together do you know how rare that is these days and how truly amazing that is kevin yes. you know well i'm really impressed that you you've your book has done this it has. Now, i have I, I have been you know not realizing what you had just said of of it bringing together the people of different faiths my main message as I wrote it was I wanted people to know that if you're born or gifted by God with psychic and mediumship abilities, that's not evil. And and that basically uh I think Precious said it even more than Melanie Stanner or I did when she just gave her um talk was that you know, you, you talk about, you know, feeling that God hates you for having this ability in you and and my purpose was to turn this completely around, not only just due to the feeling inside this precious said it, um, also uh, a legend you may have read of Dr. Richard Ireland, uh, his son has communicated that his dad always had that same feeling you know, that these gifts are of God but had no way to prove it to people who would uh, be the naysayers and that's exactly why I have this book out and you know, the only missing element in all of this, which now, of course, we're off of the live broadcast portion, but the only missing element is for people to have this book in their hands themselves and see the actual proofs, read the actual scriptures, read what I've written about the definitions in use at the time it was translated to the King James Version, and know that God loves them just as they are. Um... You know, I wanted to take away any barriers to that uh, by offering the promo that we talked about at the beginning of the show, and I'll mention it at, at when we come to the conclusion again as well. Well, you've done a really good job. A lot of people are being helped, and a lot more will be helped. Now I have a question about Psychic Fair. Uh, apparently you go there once a month, or you know, you have a pattern of going to the Psychic Fair, now, are you going to do a lecture at the Psychic Fair? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and this was an amazing, I would say, guided by God instance, because uh, Diane Garris, who is the host of the Psychic Fairs in Sedona, Phoenix, and Tucson, um, has told repeatedly, and this has been the pattern, that the Psychic Fair lecture spots are taken in one day, you know, within 24 hours of the announcement of this. Well... I had gotten the announcement on Monday of this week about the Phoenix Psychic Fair on the 19th of January. Well, I did not get my chance to reply to it because I was at work. And it was the next day I saw that there was only three spots left. And I got home that night, counted up the money I had from selling books, and I said, I'm con- I want to pay for a spot, I want a lecture spot. She had one spot left, 4 p.m., and this was after the time that normally all the spots would have gone. Mm -hmm. I said, this is the Lord's doing. This Mm -hmm. is what the Lord wants. And she said, give us a title. And I said, "Um, um, does the Bible really condemn psychics? 
would be the title of my lecture that I'm going to be doing uh, in two more months. So that everybody who's there, and if they've gotten a little tired of the psychic fair from being all day long, they can come in at 4 o'clock and hear the same message. No, the Bible does not condemn you. God does not condemn you. What you've been hearing is the teaching of church leaders for many years for their own reasons, telling you that your gift is evil, and I'm here to break through that and tell you that it's not. That's a good way of putting it, and I like that uh, the title you chose for that. Now, I have another question. I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just curious. Is uh, anybody going to uh, videotape the lecture at all? Because I yeah. was thinking that if you put it up on YouTube, then it would save you a lot of talking. You can refer them to that, or you can answer customized. But I mean, I think it would be uh, wonderful. You know, now you have it on on the air, on the radio, you know, podcast archives. Now you got it on film. You have it in the book. You talk in person. I mean, that's truly amazing. I'm very happy that you're doing that. Yes, uh, um, I remembered the suggestion from our last show, and it's been in my mind. And I had even uh, tried to figure out who was going to do this. I, I don't, I don't uh, drag my son in, into these unless he wants to come. He's usually the man with the camera. But Melanie was assuring me yesterday, she says, I have some friends who owe me a favor or two. And he, she said, I will talk to them, and we're going to get you someone. And I, I and believe that, again, I'll it's the Lord's will. Pardon me, Melanie? If not, I will drive down and do it. I can handle, I can handle a couple hours. Hey, so in other words, we're going to make this happen. We're going to actually have a we're video of it. We're going to make it happen. Yes. Love but, it. Uh, I love it. Everything has fallen into place so far. I, uh, As soon as I booked the psychic fair, I managed to also locate a room for half the price uh, of what I just paid. So uh, apparently the Lord is strongly saying, I want you in Phoenix again, January 19th, to be there. Right. That's yeah. wonderful. It's It's happening. See, more things are happening and will continue to happen, and that's wonderful. Now, before we end the show, is there anything, Kevin, you want to say or announce or anybody else here would like to say before I ask Kevin for his his repeat announcement about the special for his uh, candle book? Well, I I just wanted to say that I really appreciate being on the show and I'm glad that, you know, I am able, you know, to share and make a lot of new friends wherever they are. And God bless you guys. Yep. Thank you. God bless you, too. Thank you, Santa. God bless you, too. I have to to throw this in. Precious is drop-dead gorgeous. Okay. (laughs) I said it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. She has the right name. (laughs) Yes, Definitely. And there was an occasion where there was someone that wanted a reading that I don't do that type, and I sent him to her. So Very I good. Mean, and? I mean, you know. But okay. anyway. I, I thought you were going to say thank you. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Precious. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you for having me, and I really appreciate all the... 
um, all the uh, support you guys have given Kevin and his book, but and having him on twice now, and it just makes me happy that the word is getting out and that people are being so supportive. And yeah. I, I was one of the ones that saw this all coming, all happening soon, and it's just really a blessing to see it all play out. And thank you. So thank you for your part in that. Uh, our pleasure. We're happy to have you on. I uh, just want to remind everybody that www.bibleforpsychics.com is Kevin's website. Please check it out. Kevin, would you like to repeat the offer that you have on Amazon Kindle Special for the listeners starting from 6 o'clock today of this broadcast uh, on November 17th, of course, and when does the, uh, how does it work and when does it end? Okay. Yeah, what it is is that from the time this show begins, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday, November 17th, until midnight on Wednesday, November the 20th, and by now, as you've stated, the only listeners who are listening to this now are listening to the podcast or they're listening to it on your website at a later time. I wanted to give them a chance to buy this book as well and to give them that three-day window. What you do is you go to www.amazon.com, and the easiest way to locate it, uh, if you use the search engine and put the word Bible and put the word psychics um, and do a search, it will probably be within the first ten books that you find. Sometimes it's come up number one, sometimes number two or number five but it's generally within the first ten books using those two words as your keyword searches. Um, and you know, I do that because is, if you misspell my name, you may go somewhere else and not find it. But I'd rather that you find it. Anyway, there is a button on there. The last time I saw, you'll first see the book advertised in the hardcover. There's a little square in the middle that says, you know, Kindle edition. And it should show up as $0.99 cents now. Before the show, it showed up as eight ninety nine. And if a person orders the book on Thursday, it's going to be back to eight ninety nine. But uh, if they order it directly through Amazon as a Kindle and have it directly sent to their Kindle device, or they can be sent to an iPod, an iPad, which I believe those things uh, automatically carry the Kindle app as an OEM product. Um, if I'm wrong, my son will probably correct me on that. But um, uh, also it's available to anybody with a laptop or desktop computer. I believe that Amazon has a uh, Kindle app that can be downloaded to them as well. So that as soon as you've paid your $0.99 cents with your with your debit card or credit card, that immediately gets sent to you. You can immediately start reading everything that we've been talking about, everything that transformed Precious's life, Deanna's life, Estella's life, and what Melanie has been seeing put together in the works now for roughly three years. Um, and that this is the biblical proof that will enable you to stand on your own feet and say, I know God loves me. I know God gifted me. Here it is. Um, I would like to say in concluding the show that came to me early on in the show, I wrote a chapter in the book which is called Fulfilling Your Gifted Role, which described how different persons with different gifts come together to accomplish a task 
and this show has really illustrated it in well virtually the same amount of time, 80, 85 minutes uh, that it took in that little story in the book to accomplish showing what different gifts and different people working together with each other's gifts can accomplish for the Lord. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. And yes, those, it can. Those people that search for it on Kindle, some books will show up. And the book you want to choose is, of course, the Bible, the truth about psychics and spiritual gifts. This has been an amazing show with amazing guests. Terrell and I would like to uh, thank Precious, Melanie, Stana, and Kevin for being here and giving us this amazing presentation. Thank you all so much thank you again. for joining thank you. us. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. Thank you, Sherelle, for having me back on your show again. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. I believe that the God bless you all. I think the the um, the blessing is coming to all of us from this. I really do. I agree. Agreed. I agreed. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, this has been Beyond the Gate Radio our November 17, 2013th edition. Everybody, God bless, stay safe, and thank you for listening. Good night. Good night, Cheryl. Good night, David. Kevin? Yes. Okay, we're, we're not on anymore, right? I'm muting them now.